course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dave. I'm joined, as always, by the other host, Ike. Ike, how are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Can't complain. I mean, I could, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, well, good would it do anyway. That's right. Um, well, it's uh, we're here. We're uh, we're gonna talk Gremlins this week on this episode. We're gonna talk about Gremlins one, Gremlins two, and we're going to review the first two episodes of the Secret of the Mogwai a series on Max that just came out. Uh, but before we dive into that, I, uh, let's talk just a moment about uh, Creepy Pasta because I know we both watched that on Screenbox. Uh, it came out just the other day, actually um, two days before, as this is being released. It came out on May 23rd. Uh, I know you were looking forward to this. You were excited about this. This is right up your alley. What do you think about Creepy Pasta? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we talked about it briefly last week because I know it was it had recently kind of gotten a release date and everything else on Screenbox. Um, but yeah, I, I quite enjoyed Creepypasta. Um, I will forewarn people that uh, you know the Creepypasta it, it did kind of have to get a little creative with its delivery. Um, I do like the uh, I guess you could say almost um, what's what's the phrase. It's a uh, anthology esque film. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it definitely um, everything kind of ties into like the main story. But yeah. uh, you know, creepy pastas are historically just like a creepy story, and these took some very popular creepy stories and then conveyed them to uh, a film, and it was actually quite good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, they they teased uh, a little bit there one of my favorite creepy pastas, which is uh, Jeff the Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh they didn't really do much with him uh because he was just like the guy that was like on the ground behind the main character basically who was acting like he was dead um but uh yeah not you know i I can't say too much bad about it i will say it does did seem a little low budget um Mm -hmm. but for what they were working with i I quite enjoyed it i I think it was a very enjoyable film and i I, i'm a i'm a sucker for anthology so (laughs) yeah i i mean again I, I'm a hit or miss with anthologies. Um, I've liked a lot of the recent stuff that's come out. Um, and this one was all right. I like when it, you know they gave that kind of that wraparound story that weaves through the whole thing uh, right. and it kind of leads you, leads you into that. Um, I think, again, it, the movie was all right. It was fun. Um, you're right. It did feel kind of low budget, which I'm sure it probably was. And that's no harm. That's fine. Not everything's got millions of dollars. Um, but I think the one, the one hangup for me personally is not being super familiar with these things. Uh, and these stories and some of these these it I think parts of it maybe I didn't catch as well as someone who was more familiar with it would, right? There was things that maybe I wouldn't have seen that someone who was familiar with some of these some of these are and and that's probably right that's probably the intent it's probably not intended necessarily for someone who who has very little familiarity with these things, right? Um, but uh, but it, but it was still all right. Um, yeah, what are you doing there? You, did you hop on a Harley? <laughs> no, nah, some, somebody decided to drive by and guess just rev their car, whatever. That was loud. Damn. <laughs> Good timing. But uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, it uh, it was okay. It, it, it was all right. Like I said, it's uh, not being something that I don't think is targeted specifically more. Maybe for me, I, I think there's probably a lot of the a lot of the content that maybe I didn't it didn't hit me the same as it would someone like like you that's a little more familiar with some of these some of these tales and things. So. Yeah, I, I will say it, it 
It's definitely one of those things because with creepypastas, you know, they, they have dabbled in film before, like the Slenderman movie. Um, and there is at some point there was a movie about the, the rake uh, that's R-A-K-E. The rake is kind of like a skinwalker type thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they have kind of dabbled in film before with some other, you know, subjects. But I think this is the first time that they, you know, explicitly sat down and said, let's make a specifically a creepypasta movie. Um, because some of those other things like, you know, skinwalkers, that's kind of a pretty high value pop culture item. Um, you know, a lot of people know what skinwalkers are. Same thing with Slenderman. Everybody knows Slenderman is. Um, so when they specifically set out to make the creepypasta, I definitely felt like it was going to be niche, uh, just because, you know, if you don't, if you're not super familiar with like creepypastas or, you know, co- you know, co- popular creepypastas, I should say, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting view, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, from somebody who has read a lot of creepypastas, it, it hit pretty, you know, straight on the money. But even from perspective of someone who doesn't know a lot about creepypastas, I think it can still be enjoyable. But I do think if you have that background, it will be it'll be like uh, Easter eggs. You know, you know what I mean? It's going to be more Easter right. egg filled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, it was it was fine. And it's not like I was completely lost or anything else. Right. I, I just think there might have been, for lack of a better word, a little depth to it that I, maybe I couldn't that I couldn't. Clue I was like, oh, that's that. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, I, you know, but uh, so um, I know this wasn't really on the agenda to 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 review this or whatever else. But since we've kind of talked about it a bit, you want to you want to throw a rating at this thing and let's just sure. let's just do it. All right. Yeah. So out of, out of five screams, Ike, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be real. I'm, I'm going to give it about a two and a half because I think it was I don't think it was quite middle of the ground enjoyable. Right. For me. It was OK, but I, it's not one of those that I was I don't know that that I would call just. Baseline, good. It was. I think it was just a notch below for me. Absolutely. Um, I think I would probably be on the pretty opposite of that. I would. I was going to give it a three and a half, um, just because you know. First of all, I'm a sucker for anthology films. Um, if you put an anthology film in front of me, I'm going to probably really like it. Um, so I'm first of all sucker for an anthology. Second of all, I, I love creepy pasta. And third of all, I love B-rated cheesy. You know low budget horror films when they're done right so yeah. um you know and, and i th- go ahead <laughs> no i was just gonna say again i i don't i'm not the target audience for this right, right. Well, well i can get some enjoyment out of it. it it's it's just not it's not going to impact the same uh with me as it would be uh you know for for someone else who's like i said is more familiar with the stuff and uh, you would get a little more enjoyment because of that out of it um so right no, absolutely. I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. It's, it kind of reminds me of our last episode. We kind of talked about Killer Clowns. You yeah. know, I, I even kind of made the point. Obviously, I love Killer Clowns. Don't get me wrong. But I kind of made the point that, you know, while it's aged well and, you know, while it's a good movie, um, definitely somebody, you know, of your generation, I feel like would like that movie more because it would have been around that time. It, it kind of is that, you know, sort of that childhood aspect to it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this is no different, you know what I mean? Creamy yeah. pasta is kind of part of my childhood. So it, it, it was very, very drawn to it. Like you said, it's all about target audience. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. And I, I, I really, I see this kind of maybe developing into a series uh, with, yes. on the streaming services. I think there'll be, there'll be futures. There's no reason uh, that, you know, other, other creators and different things can get involved and do, and do things, uh, especially with, with they kind of using the anthology approach to it. Uh, much like the VHS movies, you know, you can get lots of people involved uh, doing segments and, and things. So I, I could really I see this thing uh, having a run here 
uh, and you know partnering with Screenbox probably uh, to put some of this stuff out. So I have, I mean, I have seen online, you know, on Twitter and everything. You know, there's, it's been, there's been a, a good reception. A lot of people watching it. A lot of yeah. people excited when it came out and everything else. So uh, I am excited about that. Again, uh, well, you know, maybe not necessarily be, uh, you know, one of my prime things or whatever else. It's still, I, I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to see it on, on something like yeah. Screenbox that it's out there and that we have services like that. That, uh, you know, I mean, let's be real. If it wasn't for services like that, this this movie may not, you know, may not have seen the light of day. To me, these niche streaming services, that's and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, it's the modern day uh, straight to DVD, straight to the video store stuff, right? It's, it is. It's uh, the stuff that, you know, is not going to make a theatrical release, but there's still some, there's still some gems out there. And I used to, you know, you would dig that out, you know, on, on, on DVD, going to the video store or VHS, if you go, you know, back to a little further from me. Um, and, uh, Beta but now it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's, uh, and now it's now it's the streaming stuff, right? That's what you're getting some streaming content. That's that's kind of the modern day equivalency of it. And and it's uh, I, and I do that. I liken that a lot, right? When you're 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 scrolling through streaming services and like, oh, what's that? I'll give that a shot. I'll watch that. It's the same as you know, strolling through a video store and saying, oh, that looks cool by the cover. I'll read that. And give that a shot. Same concept, right? It's the same same idea. So um, I, I, this is just the modern take. And so I'm, I'm, anyway, long story short, I kind of rep, rambled on there. I, I'm glad there's stuff like that out there. It gives you know, some of these smaller creators uh, with smaller budgets and smaller production companies and so on, a, a platform to get their work out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I, I meant to mention this a minute ago. I do think that this movie probably would have been better as like a short series versus just like a movie. Um, but obviously, like you said, with budget constraints, I feel like the movie is probably the, the way to go. But like you said, hopefully it opens it up to more in the future. But uh, absolutely. This is a perfect example of even if you don't like the movie, still support the services, still support the creators, because it's going to get us more content. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, but I, I didn't, I didn't watch a whole lot else besides I, I watched, I did a rewatch through of uh, night, all the nightmare on Elm street movies. As we approach next episode where we're doing our nightmare anthology, we'll talk more or nightmare review. We'll I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, but otherwise I didn't, I didn't really watch much else. How about you? Honestly, no. Uh, after, you know, I rewatched, um, uh, the gremlin movies on, uh, or on max is what it's called now. I watched the rewatch the Gremlin movies and then um, I'm still watching Ghost Adventures and I'm also uh, obviously I watched a bunch of the Nightmare movies. I was a little more selective with this rewatch, I will say. Um, you know, I won't go too much into detail, but I had recently within the last like six months watched most of the Nightmare movies, so I was a little more selective on this rewatch. Um, so that, that'll that was definitely a fun time. Uh, but yeah, not a whole lot else, just a lot of preparation for the next two episodes because. Um, we're we're going to be filming these pretty, uh, or I should say recording these pretty back to back, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I, well, again, when we, I've seen the nightmare movies many, many times, but when we do one of these franchise reviews, I really like to dive right. in and re- do some rewatch of it and everything else. And when you're talking about a franchise that's got nine movies and if you're <laughs> going to try to do the whole thing, that's, it's a little time investment. So, and I'm not regretting it, but I'm just saying that that's where my time went this week. So. Same. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, but so if we dive into it, uh, let's give a let's give that our shout out to our wives, uh, Kayla and Monica, for all they do and their support and everything else. And uh, next episode on that Nightmare uh, franchise review, uh, Monica and Kayla will be back on for another episode of or edition, excuse me, of Wives Rebuttal. Although it's going to be kind of a unique take on Wives Rebuttal because it's not really going to be the uh, husbands versus the wives. It's going to be couples versus couples, young and versus old, essentially, <laughs> as it's me and Monica against you and Kayla. And we are going to debate 
the move the the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. We won't. Uh, people could probably figure it out, but we won't go into who's on which side until next episode. But uh, that will be what's coming up next episode. Uh, but to, before we get there and before we get to news and reviews and everything else this episode, uh, let's play our game, Mike. Stump the co-host. All right. On this episode, we are going to play the second edition of Stump the co-host. This is our trivia game here. Uh, Ike and I both have identical decks of horror trivia cards that we ordered online. Uh, we have shuffled them up. We do not look at them. We just have them in our little containers here. And we are going to pull two cards, which is a total of four horror trivia questions. And we are going to alternate giving each other questions. And we are going to see uh, how we do and who wins. And at the end of the year, when we do our year in review episode, we will tally everything up and see who was the uh, yearly trivia champion for the show. Uh, last, uh, We'll see how this goes, though, because first round, out of four questions, I got a three, I got a three, so we had a draw. So maybe <laughs> we won't crown a champion. Maybe we'll just, you know, maybe it'll be a draw. Uh, but we got a long way to go before we get there. So let's uh, let's see what we got. Ike, have you got your cards ready? I got them ready. All right. I'm going to start you out. Here we go. Here is your first question for this week. What are the names? Oh, Ike, this should have been my question. What are <laughs> the names of the demon hunting brothers in the television series Supernatural? Um, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. No, I'm kidding. Um, that would be Sam and Dean Winchester. That is correct. Damn, if there's got to be a supernatural question, how come I didn't get that shit? <laughs> it gives me hope, uh, though. Maybe there's maybe there's more in here. So That's what I'm thinking. Know. Maybe there's some like little, little tidbits dripped in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I, I'm just I'm glad Supernatural getting little props here in the horror trivia deck. So, all right, bring it on. Bring my first trivia question. All right. Your first trivia question is, what was the name of Herschel Gordon Lewis's debut film? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. What is it? I've, yeah, I've never. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard that guy's name or the movie. It's called Living Venus. Living Venus. Okay. No, I haven't. I haven't seen that one. Uh, <laughs> maybe the depth of my knowledge is not where it should be to, to be playing this game, but we'll see. <laughs> so says the guy. It's co-hosting a horror podcast. That's not good. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Who is the see you're getting the questions that I could get. Uh oh, I, I will tell you that you got it on the other never mind. You, there's a there is a, a queued up question for you on this other card, probably. Uh here we go. Who is the actual father in the movie Rosemary's Baby? Uh it was uh it was the devil, wasn't it? Yes, it would be Satan. Satan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I'm down 2-0 now. Uh-oh. And like I said, this is one on this other card. I'm pretty sure you'll get it. All right. So I got to go for it here. I got to get everything else. Bring it on. What's my second question? It. All right. This one you'll get. This 2001 remake that stars Matthew Lillard prompted film critic Roger Ebert to claim the movie was literally too painful to watch. Um, I'm going to guess it's 13 Ghosts. That is correct. All right. I'm back in the game. <laughs> Briefly, like I said, I'd be very surprised if you do not get this question. Here we go. Your third question is, what is the name of the evil company in the Resident Evil movie franchise? Oh, come on. That is easy. That would be the Umbrella Corporation. Yes. Even I would have gotten that one. 
All right. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. (laughs) I cannot miss one because I have to get both of these just to to have a hope of even tying you. So you'll get I think you'll get one of these. Um, This but one of them's a little. (laughs) Don't put pressure on me like that. (laughs) All right. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. All right. All right. So, uh, okay. so this one is this 1963 film features killer carnivorous plants and an unusual meteor shower that blinds most of the population. Hmm. That, uh, huh. I, wow. I'm guaranteeing you I'm going to know what this is, but that does not. You know what? I don't know. That doesn't even click with me. What what movie is that? I'll I'll tell you. I've never seen this or heard of it. It's called The Day of the Triffids. Oh, me neither. See why am I getting all these deep ones that I can't? <laughs> even that even I can't get. Oh boy. Well, no no chance of me even tying you this time. You've already got me beat. But here we go. Your final question, just for fun. This is quote: Trust is a tough thing to come by these days. Unquote. Name the movie. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I have, I have no idea. Um, let me throw out a random guess here. Trust is a hard thing to come by. Yep, these days. These days. Uh, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like what movie that would be. Uh, do I know this movie? Um, yeah, probably not super well, but. Mm. Not maybe not well enough that a quote would jump out at you, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, Halloween. <laughs> no, it is from The Thing. Yeah, no, I have seen The Thing. I do love The Thing, and I, I like the remake too. But yeah, I would have never got that. <laughs> All right, now it's time for your last question. Now this one's a fifty-fifty. Okay, now you could get this or you could right. not. But which franchise has the most sequels, Saw or Children of the Corn? Jesus, motherfucking Christ. Uh, I'm going to guess Children of the Corn. That would be correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, only because I know what, I mean, Saw is, there's, if you're just counting sequels, there's eight sequels so far, right? Uh, nine, we, right? Because well, we're Captain coming out Saw 10, out. right? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if that would oh, have been. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, as I guess far as <laughs> But when we discussed Children of the Corn, uh, remember, we discussed how many damn movies there were. There was a bunch. So, all right. Well, <laughs> there is quite a few. We discussed the one. Well, it wasn't really a, a sequel, per se, as a remake. But all right. There you go, Ike. You took round two of Stump the Co-host. So you're up. One win. We have, you have one win and one draw. Uh, and I have one loss and one draw. Gonna have to so like have a, have like a bo- like a boxing record. <laughs> yeah. W- wins, and, losses, uh, and draws, TKOs. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a little upset that the supernatural question popped up, and it was not for me. Come on. <laughs> so, all right, let's pause. Let me pout for a little bit, and when we come back, we're going to discuss birthdays and movie anniversaries. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. 
Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts. And we are back with some news. Not really news. It's more like uh, birthdays and anniversaries. There's no real news this week. What are we talking about? So, <laughs> upcoming birthdays. All right. So these are we got some we got some good ones this week. Honestly, these are like some like really big names. Honestly, not this first one. I mean, he's cool and all, but um. So we <laughs> we I can't. We have Jamie Kennedy, whose birthday is May 25th, 1970. Uh, you would know him as Randy Meeks from the Scream franchise. Um, I have seen Jamie Kennedy in person. I saw him at Pensacon during a panel, so he's walking around. Um, so I have been in his presence. So that's a fun fact. Uh, <laughs> Uh, May 26, 1975, we have Nikki Acox, which is from Jeepers Creepers 2 and Supernatural. Who Who is she in Supernatural? Uh, she's the first Meg. She's the one with short ah. blonde hair early in series. She's she, Nikki Acox is the one that just passed away here earlier this year from, from cancer. So That's right. Well, yep. she, she will be missed. Um, I bet I do remember her. I do remember her. And then, of course, uh, this is, again, these are great. Uh, didn't know they had, all had birthdays so close to one another. But yeah, this uh, is this is a, a big trilogy here. It really is. So you have May 26, 1913, the legendary Peter Cushing um, from the Hammer films. And of course, he is Grand Moff Tarkin in the Star Wars franchise. Um, obviously, a, a incredible talent. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm. I, I, I know him as Grand Moff Tarkin mostly, but I'm sure. Dave, you've, you've probably seen him in the Hammer films a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he was great. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a great actor. And I love because he's always said there was always a question of why why he did Star Wars, right? Because here he was this big, established, proper actor and, and everything else. And he's like, well, because I read the script. You know, he said, I thought, you know what? My kids and grandkids would like to see me do this. So I thought it would be fun. And I'm like, I, that's, I love that. That's just such a cool approach to things. And uh, paid off for him, right? I mean, it's a legendary role. It really, really is. But uh, awesome. Peter Cushing, um, obviously, he, he has now passed um, yeah. know, probably a good number of years ago. <laughs> yeah. 1913 was a hell of a time ago. Um, and then, of course, May 27, 1922, another just absolutely legendary and epic per, uh, just person in general. Such a cool person. Christopher Lee from the Hammer films as well, uh, but also Count Dooku from the Star Wars prequel series. Um, Christopher Lee is a legitimate badass. I mean, he was he was a you know in the military. I mean, this guy literally has done everything. <laughs> yeah, and while while Bella Lugosi is visually the most influential Dracula of all time, on screen Christopher Lee might be the best though. He might yeah. be as far as acting and and, and presence. Uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, that's not taking the physically. He looked great too, but. You know, I mean, he he was spectacular in that role. Right. I mean, because you like you said, Bella Lugosi's kind of has that like um, that you know legendary sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he he was he was the first. You know what I mean? So he has sort of that legacy standing. But I would agree. I think I, if I had to choose between the two, I do prefer a Christopher Lee presentation on screen in terms of. Yeah, uh, I believe Dracula. he actually played uh, played Frankenstein in some of the Frankenstein Hammer movies too, as well. I mean, he he played multiple roles. But uh, he's he's done several. What was I just saw him in? I don't recall now. Never mind. He was in, uh, in He was in the Howling too. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Yeah. That oh movie? no 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 no. Yeah yeah. But he was in uh he was in Gremlins. One of the Gremlins. The Gremlins too. 
that we just watched. He played the one scientist doctor guy uh, that was upstairs in the with the twin dudes. That was that was Christopher Lee. Huh. Interesting. I didn't. Yeah. I guess I didn't remember that. It's been. I, I rewatched those movies, but you know, man, like I feel like I missed so much. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and this one again, literally legendary. May twenty seventh, nineteen eleven. Vincent Price. Yeah, I mean, I don't. We I we really didn't list any roles because there's just so so many. I mean, he right. has done so much, um, and he he's he's he was he's kind of like uh, Elvira and some of these others as just a face of of horror and creepy and spooky stuff. You know, of course, did the. Uh, the intro for the thriller, Michael Jackson's thriller song. That's him. And um, just all the roles in house, you know, the original house of wax and all these other things. And um, just I, it did so much. I mean, I'm you know, Vincent Price, 99% sure was in some of the original Scooby-Doo cartoons. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, I mean, the name is just, it's just legendary. And by all accounts and, and everything else, just one of the most genuine sweet people that, that ever walked the earth. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just looking at his IMDb just because, I mean, I mean, it's lengthy, obviously. Um, yeah. But he was in Edward Scissorhands uh, only mm, yeah, three years right. before he passed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I recently I just recently saw a picture for the first time of him, of Vincent Price with some of his grandchildren at Disneyland or World or whatever, whichever which uh, riding in like the little the teacup ride or whatever. And I'm like, it's just such a <laughs> such a funny picture to see. But it's like that. I mean, that's that's him. That's awesome. I love that. Oh, Lord. Wow. So apparently May is the birthday, the like the month of like legendary birthdays for horror, apparently. So uh, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> um, and, and then to just make that even better, we have some fantastic anniversaries for movies. May 25th, 1979, we have Alien, um, the original Ridley Scott. I mean, one of the best, I would say, sci-fi horror movies, if not the best sci-fi horror movie of all time. Um, Alien is just such a oh man, I love Alien. Such a good movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's Alien and Aliens is one of those the great one-two punches of franchise, you know, history. I mean, it's just they're they're both so good. And um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's an iconic movie. Haven't I've watched it in a while? I, I was gonna say I, was, I haven't watched it in a while, but perhaps a hot take. I I actually think I like Aliens better than I like Alien. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's too hot though. I think there's quite a few people. That I, I've heard a lot of that, 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 that like the second better than the first. And uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, man, I don't know. They're just neck and neck with me. They're just, they're, they're two of those movies that you just need to watch together. They're just so good to watch them both. No, absolutely. I, I agree. I'm the same way with the Terminator movies. I like T2 better than I like T1. But Yeah, you know, here's my thing. I, I love the first one. But man, that second one, because I was at that, I was at the age where I was starting to go to movies more, you know, getting to go by myself some. You know, and a freaking, you know, a Guns N' Roses song comes out and there's a video showing <laughs> clips. And and then uh, I was like, you know, I was so caught up in the marketing and at that time. So, uh, yeah, Terminator 2 has such a soft spot in my heart uh, for nostalgia purposes. Absolutely. I, I love T2. Uh, I don't know. I like all of them, but T2 is the best in my opinion. But uh, anyway, we're not talking about Terminator. Although I would nah. say Terminator, I would say almost counts as a horror movie. I, I would say that it's on that bridge of like apocalyptic almost but yeah. um in any case um we <laughs> we also have may 27 1988 killer clowns from outer space uh which we reviewed last episode obviously killer clowns is probably one of the most foundational like films of the 80s 
Um, I feel like it has enough of that 80s charm, um, but it has a lot of really good effects, uh, both practical and otherwise, that really make it a, an ageless film, in my opinion. So, uh, But we yeah. had a full review last time, so if you want to hear us ramble about that, uh, you, you have an hour of that from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, not much, not much more I can say. But uh, I, I, I spewed and gushed over it that last episode, how much I love that movie. But yeah, 35 years. What a what a, what a thing. What a thing. And then celebrating its uh, 20th anniversary this year, May 30th, 2003, um, we have Wrong Turn. Now, I, I, I don't know if Dave likes this movie. I like this movie. I think the Wrong Turn movies are, are, are entertaining. The first ones, I think, is good. The rest yeah. are, you know, eh. But the yeah. first one's good. I, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like the first one. And then it's, I don't know, it got, they, they, I think there's a significant drop off after that, uh, really. And uh, so, I mean, there's several of them I haven't seen. I don't even know how many there are now. But, uh, but I, yeah, I really enjoy the first one. At least five. I think there's at least five of them. And I, I've only seen three of them, I think. <laughs> yeah. And plus, wasn't there, was there, a, there was a remake, right? I, I actually, I think Monica yeah. just watched it the other day. And uh, I don't know if it's a remake or more of a reboot type deal. I, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. I don't think it's a direct yeah. remake of the original, but it's. It, it's kind of like know. one of those, like, um, it, it, I think it's like a remake. It, it, it basically just uses some of the elements because I don't think it goes like the whole, like, you know, like weird mutant freak type thing that the original did. Um, but, yeah, there there was some kind of remake reboot type deal. Um but yeah, I've not seen that one. I've heard it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, in any case, <laughs> in any case, wrong turn, 20th anniversary, May 30th. And then another fantastic film, which we're actually getting another Strangers movie. But uh, May 30th, 2008, The Strangers. Um, this film is, of course, the original. Um, there was a sequel that came out like 2014-ish, I think. Um, that was like it was like uh, Dead of Night or something like that. Um, Strangers is a really, honestly, this is one of the foundational films for myself. If, if I had to give you like movies that g- left me with an impression, this is one of them. Um, you know, Dave and I, have, I think we've talked about this movie a lot, but this is one of the more like genuinely horrifying movies that it, I've ever seen. <laughs> this movie scared the shit out of me. It legit did. And because it is, it, it's because it is real, right? That it could, it could yeah. 100% happen. And one of the best lines ever that is the, so creepy, and, and I will stand by this until the end of time, is that that part where she's asking, why are you doing this? And she says, because you were home. And I'm like, Phew, that just, you know, I love that. Hey, there is no reason. We didn't pick you for a reason. You were just here. Right. And um, and, and, and if I could be wrong, but I do believe The Strangers has a lot of roots in, in a true story and, and of some of this happening. Yeah. So it's I mean, uh, blows my because here's the thing. This stuff happens, man. It, it's it's out there in the real world. People do weird ass, crazy shit, evil shit, uh, for no really the motive, very little motivation. And um, you know, and and that's that is that's creepy to me, right? That that you know that it could just who knows, man. A normal, bland, even a good day could just turn into something like this. And uh, it oh, it's just creepy. It's so suspenseful and everything. It's just oh, it's nuts. I, I'm yeah. not afraid to say when Monica and I saw this, I'm pretty sure we went to the theaters and saw it. And I, I'm not afraid to say we slept with the light on that night. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. It, 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 it based on pure ambience, that movie is just so creepy. And I know they're remaking it this year. It's supposed to come out. I thought, 
um, or next. But I'm really excited for the remake. I think the people who are remaking it are supposedly supposed to be like really invested in making a pretty true to form um, version of it. So, you know, I'm excited for it. I, I, I love this movie and I even like the sequel. A lot of people didn't like it. It was a little not as scary as the first one, but I still liked it. But uh, absolutely. I, I would I would say if you haven't seen The Strangers, you need to go watch it. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's again, it's a movie I haven't seen in a while, and uh, man, it pops up every once in a while about watching. It. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. It, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm I'm ready for that or not, you know. But uh, man, it it oh, genuinely creeps me out. It's a movie that makes you want to buy a gun. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that does it for movie anniversaries and birthdays. Um, obviously, um, I just want to throw a little snippet in there. Um, we post about a lot of this stuff. So if you aren't following us on social media, it's false on social media. Anyways, yeah. um, <laughs> we post about yeah, this yeah. shit all the time, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it, pretty much all these birthdays and anniversaries that you know we bring up in the episode. Yeah. We, we put it up on social media the day of, and then try to, you know, keep it out there. I like, uh, I like doing that. And I like yeah. us, I like us, uh, you know, reminding people cause it, it starts good discussions, right? A lot of people will be like, you know, Oh yeah, I love that movie. I hadn't seen that movie in a while and blah, blah, blah. It, it, you know, it's, it's cool. So, but yeah, they should, everybody should definitely follow us on social media uh, because you get all this and, and more uh, spread out every day. That is absolutely right. But all right. I think that pretty much does it for now. Uh, when we come back, we are going to do our review of the Gremlin franchise ending with the first two episodes of Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai. So stick around. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screens at checkout. That is listen to number two and screens or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back, and it is review time, and we're going to discuss the Gremlins franchise. Um, and franchise is kind of a loose word. There's only been two movies now and so far two episodes <laughs> of an animated series. But um, we're going to lump it all together and talk about it all um, in celebration of the release of uh, Secrets of the Mogwai. I'm very excited about this, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, we're going to talk Gremlins and Gremlins 2. We'll, we'll review those, and we'll rate those two, and then we'll just discuss the first two episodes of Secret of the Mogwai. Uh, but the first movie, Gremlins, was written by Chris Columbus and directed by Joe Dante. It was released in June 8th, 1984, had an $11 million budget, and it had a box office worldwide of $212.9 million. That is good for the number four movie of 1984. Uh, it was huge. I, I lived it at that time. It was it was monumental. Gremlins was everywhere, and it was merchandised everywhere, and it was, it was amazing. Uh, starring Zach Galligan as Billy. Uh, and Howie Mandel, who did the voice of Gizmo. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but yo, Howie Mandel was 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 Gizmo in this. And it draws a lot on the legends of folkloric mischievous creatures that cause malfunctions in the British Royal Air Force going back to World War II. And uh, those guys, they they called them gremlins. That's what they they dubbed them. They had a, there's a lot of tales of that. And so this kind of spins out. Of course, it's not a a lot of strong root in that, but it's that's kind of where some of the ideals sparked from. And uh. Chris Columbus wrote this movie, and when he wrote it, it was very, very dark and much more graphic <laughs> and, and, and horrific. Uh, Steven Spielberg came on uh, to executive produce it and kind of told Chris Columbus to tone it down just a bit so they could get the rating down and make it a little more family oriented. And it was probably a good call uh, because, you know, kids were kids were hooked on this. And I think that helped it for the two hundred and twelve million uh, box office it did. 
So, Ike, let's discuss the first Gremlins. Uh, to me, this movie, uh, this movie is one of the defining movies of my childhood. I, I love this movie. When this movie came out, I was uh, I was eight years old, not even nine yet. I was almost nine. And um, I went and saw it in theaters. I had Gremlins toys. I had Gremlins stuffed animals, figures. Uh, who knows what else? I don't even know what else. I had so much <laughs> stuff. Uh, I, I loved Gizmo. I was scared to death by the Gremlins and Stripe and his gang. Um, and this movie, you know, that it's set, in, you know, in, at Christmas time, just added to it for me. Uh, it was very, it felt very exotic because, uh, you know, you're, you're playing into some of these Chinese magic and traditions and and and, and everything that tied into the the Mogwai and the story. And, and it just, it, it uh, I, I I loved the guy's dad in it in the movie being an inventor, coming with these wacky inventions, trying to sell them. Uh, he was such a fun guy. Uh, this movie, this movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, I absolutely love it. It is stellar. Uh, the effects are so good. They look so good. Uh, it's it's fun. It's got some comedy in it, but not so much that it makes it hokey to me. It's got you know some scary, suspenseful stuff and, and some you know a little bit of you know, minor jump type scare type things, but not so much that you know it, it, it's over the top. As a kid, it, yeah, it's it's kind of scary. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, and, and you know, it, it, I love it. I think it's a great movie. And uh, I, I enjoy it so, so much. Uh, so what do, you, what do you think of the first Gremlins, Zach? Yeah, I, I honestly would have to agree. I think this is also one of those, like, it, it's weird because it's like when I think about some of like the, the earliest, hor- like, I guess you could say, quote unquote, horror movies that I ever saw. Um, Gremlins was one of the first. I, I mean, realistically, Gremlins is a PG-13 movie, if I remember correctly. I could be misremembering that. Well, I'm um, not sure. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, so let me know. If it's I, I would, I would, I would guess so. But, uh, I'm gonna laugh if it's like a rated R movie. No, it's PG. <laughs> okay. PG. Yeah. So it's a PG movie, you know. But I would agree. Now, Gremlins. Gremlins is, Two is PG-13. Ooh, but uh, <laughs> but Gremlins, yeah. So let, let me preface it by saying that I it, it, this is a Christmas movie to me. Every Christmas, we, me and my wife, we watch this movie. Um. When I first watched this movie, it, I, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, this feels like a Christmas movie, and I loved it. Um, and, and it is something that I do rewatch yearly. Um, Gremlins is one of those movies that um, holds a lot of nostalgia because, like I said, it's one of the first really, like, scary horror-esque movies that I ever saw um, that, that wasn't, like, you know, your traditional, like, slasher movie. This was more like a, a subtle scary and um, – I, I love Gizmo. Gizmo is super adorable and, uh, you know, probably one of the cutest things ever. I, I even had a cat named Gizmo at one point, um, <laughs> you know, because it had the same coloration. And, you know, the, just the acting in this movie, it, it was just felt so genuine and so hilarious. And it was just, oh, man, I, 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 I cannot express how joyful I am watching this movie because it, it isn't even necessarily a matter of, like, how good was this movie? It was just a matter of, you know, this movie is so enjoyable and it's just one of those like it just makes you happy. You know what I mean? It has a feel good ending. The story is very, very easy to follow. It's not some super crazy, like, you know, outrageous story. You know, it's not convoluted. There's not all these little plot holes and everything else. It's just a fun, family friendly horror movie. Genuinely. Um, and you can't really say that about a lot of horror movies. A lot of horror movies yeah. aren't family friendly, but this one is, um, you know, and, and I always tell my wife, you know, when we have children, this is going to be one of the first like horror movies, you know, if and when we have children, it's going to be one of the first horror movies I introduced to them because it's it, it's 
you know, it gets them into the horror spirit without it being like some violent, like cacophony of horror, you know? Um, So absolutely. I love gremlins. I I could go on for ages about gremlins because I just, I loved it. And even, even Stripe and the gang, I think they're kind of funny. You know, like they're smoking and drinking and playing (laughs) pool and, it's just it's just funny because there's like, there's like these little things, but they're deadly. <laughs> yeah, I like I mean that, yeah they each have their own little bit of personality and stuff. It's it's great. Um, it is like I said it is it is one of the most enjoyable movies of all time. I, I just cannot see how anybody could watch this movie and not enjoy it. And it's because it's just it is it is such a fun movie. And um and it is and again I and then you add on top of that the whole level of nostalgia for me. I mean it's just again it is right up there as one of my Favorite movies of all time. Uh, so before we dive into the sequel, like let's let's rate Gremlins. Um, and I'm going to go. I'm going hard with this one. I'm going strong. Gremlins to me is a uh, flat out four out of five. Uh, no questions asked uh, on this movie for me. Yep, I do have to agree. Four out of five. This isn't a middle of the road movie. This isn't even slightly above a middle of the road movie. This is a, I would say, a pioneering movie and sort of the lighter side of horror. And if you're looking for a movie that's not super, like I said, not super scary, not super bloody and gory, watch Gremlins. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely is. And that brings us to the second one, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. It was written by Charles S. Haas, directed by, again, by Joe Dante. It was released June 15th, 1990. It had a budget of, they, they estimate about $50 million. Uh, Everything you look online, there's not a hard number. They say it's somewhere in the 30 to 50 million, but most people believe it was probably closer to the 50 million. And it only had made 41.5 million in the box office. Uh, that still put it at 31 of the top movies for 1990. Uh, it again starred Zach Galligan as Billy. Howie Mandel uh, was back as the voice of Gizmo. And this movie had so many people in it that had just small little roles and cameos. I mean, we talked about Christopher Lee being in it. Hulk Hogan had a weird cameo in it. Um <laughs> And and, uh, several things like that. Um, I got to say, man, that (laughs) as much as I love the first one, man, I I, I don't I'm not I am not a fan of the second. I don't the the story, the the backbone, the the bones of the story is not not bad, per se. Right. It's there. I just felt like they had a successful first movie. So they clearly got more more money, right? They're getting big near five times the budget. And they're like, let's just go and let's see what we can put into this thing. And they tried to wink a little uh, you know, at the fourth wall a couple times and, and some things. And it, I don't know. It, it, there, I think it was just they, they tried to put too much just to put in there. And it, it was a bit much. And it, I just didn't it didn't have the same charm as the first one and the same the same feel. It, it felt a little cluttered and. uh a little hokey. The uh, the guy that owned the building was just is a little hokey with his acting and and the way he was portrayed. I don't know. Um, I, I didn't. I don't. I don't have never enjoyed Gremlins two near as much. This is the first time I've rewatched this in eons. Probably the last time I rewatched it for a while. Because again, as much as I love the first one, this one is like uh, it's almost like a one eighty for me. I just I I really dislike the second movie. And um, you know, I mean, it's got it's got moments, but overall, not near as good as the first movie for me. Yeah, absolutely. When I was reading this, you know, it says budget of fifty million, box box office of forty one point five, and I'm just like, fuck, dude, they they were hemorrhaging money on that some bitch. Um, but you know, here's the deal: Gremlins two, a new batch, 
new batch of shit, perhaps. Um, <laughs> it here's the thing. Truthfully, I'm indifferent. It, it's not horrible, but it's, it doesn't it, it doesn't capture the charm of the first one. We were even talking just a minute ago about sequels, right? We're talking about how oh yeah, I love Aliens more than I like Alien, or I like T2 better than I like T1, or whatever the case. And it's just like Gremlins is obviously not the case. That <laughs> it is not the one. Um, I, I felt like they were really trying to capitalize on the um, surge of technology-based-esque movies of the 90s. Because the 90s was chock full of like, oh yeah, welcome to the 90s. We have all this new technology and shit. This is all high profile. And I think that they tried to go too big for their britches. I think if that if they kept it you know, a little smaller than they did the first movie... It could have been a genuinely good movie, but they didn't. It, it clearly did not work in their favor. Um, and Gremlins too, like I said, I, I would say that I'm fairly indifferent. I'll watch it, you know, if, if maybe if I'm doing a rewatch of the series, but I'm for sure not going out of my way to watch this movie. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you could even pay me to watch this movie. It, that, yeah. That's how indifferent I am to this. Yeah. I wouldn't say I hate it, but I don't love it. <laughs> well, I think there's some distinct issues with it. I think, I think they they underestimated the story of the first one and the appeal of it. And they thought, Oh, everybody loves gizmo and everybody loves the gremlins and, and, and that part of it. And they're like, so let's just throw a shit ton of that in there and, and it'll be okay. As long as we got a lot of crazy chaotic gags and there, there has to be a balance there, right? Because the first one's got a, 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 a wholesome fun little story to it. And this one, again, the, the, the backbone of it is not that it's not that bad an ideal, if they had just toned it down a little more. And again, this one doesn't, they don't really have, it's not really there's any creepiness, right? It's, it's not near as creepy. I, I'm, I'm, it's much more targeted towards the children, obviously that love, you know, the first one in the gizmo. And, um, and it's just, I mean, come on. I mean, why do we need Hulk Hogan yelling at the gremlins in the middle of a movie and, and different, I'm like that unnecessary. That has nothing to do with it. It just clutters it up. And, and then I think there's the, the big I don't I would like to know why and maybe there's a story but why did it take six years to do a sequel uh, for a movie that big in 1984 you would have thought by by you know 85 86 they're they're trying to put all they can into it to, to get a sequel out right. it's it's odd to me that it took six years I don't know if it had something to do with uh you know ownership the uh, the who who owned the characters who created what I don't know I, there could have been some legal issues there but it seems odd to me that it was six years later um in, in a in the 80s when man you know you were churning out franchises like crazy it seems <laughs> seems peculiar to me just just look at any of the other horror franchises halloween friday the 13th Nightmare yeah. on Elm street they've had like six movies by the 90s yeah and uh so again just not uh whew, not not my cup of tea the second one like i said i love the first one man the second one i just i just don't i don't i don't it doesn't feel the same to me um I I don't know. I just I I find myself watching it and I'm like okay, let's just get through it, get over it, and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for it to be done. And um, so, but it is you know what it is what it is. I mean, you know there was lots of hokey stuff in the '90s, so this is not that not necessarily that off the off the norm for something in the late '80s, early '90s, but right, not as appealing as the first. So. Uh, but again, as, as hard as I went rating the first one, I'm going hard on this one too. Gremlins 2, the new batch for me is a two out of five. I just, um, I don't enjoy it. And, uh, I mean, I just assume not watch it. I, I just assume that I'd never watch it again, honestly. 
and it's it, it hurts me to say that as much as I love the first one, but but it is the truth. So I'm going to give it a two out of five screams, Ike, for me. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go only slightly higher just because I do appreciate some of the cameos in this. I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five. Um, it isn't middle of the road. It's just below middle of the road. Um, you know, it's enjoyable, kind of, sort of, but it's definitely not a movie I'm going to go out of my way to watch in any situation. So yeah. two and a half out of five for me. So uh, but then so all right, we've talked the movies. We've rated those. Now let's discuss just uh, just a bit. We're not going to review this because this is a we don't really we don't really uh, give ratings to TV series. And besides, there's 10 episodes in the series and we've only. We've only seen the first two, so it's, we can't really give it a fair yet rating. But Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai uh, was released on Max on May 23rd, 2023. The first two episodes are out now, and the remaining eight episodes are going to be released weekly. It is set in the 1920s Shanghai, East China, and this serves as a prequel to Gremlins that tells about how 10-year-old Sam Wing met Gizmo. Uh, I, I had no idea what to expect from this, right? Because, number one, I love animation, and I love Gremlins, and I'm like, okay, so we got those components there. And I understand it's you know it's a prequel. I could tell from everything that it was going to be set much before the the first movie, but I thought I don't know how's this going to work, right? Is this going to appeal? I have to say after the first two episodes, man, I, I love it. I, it has it has a lot of the charm of the first movie, uh, and uh, so far so far it's working for me. I like the settings. I like you know the time period. Uh, I love the grandpa in it and his uh you know adventurism and his belief in magic, uh, which is you know the the contrast of the parents, which are very kind of vanilla, boring, you know, just play it safe. And, and then you have the kid who's kind of caught in the middle, right? Who clearly has that childlike wonderment of wanting to go out there and see things and explore things. But yet he, he has that fear that that's kind of instilled on him by his parents. And, um, but anyway, so far out of the, out of the, with the two episodes, I, I, I think it's great. I, I'm highly enjoying it. I'm looking forward to seeing more. Um, it, it's fun. It leans heavy into the, the, the magic aspect of the Mogwai and everything else, which is, which is fine because, you know, if you look at everything about the, the, the Mogwai and everything from the other movie, there's clearly magic involved, right? Because you have right. this creature and if it gets wet and it, you know, spawns into all these other things, that's, that's not natural. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it's, uh, but it's fun. And, and so far, uh, we haven't really even got to a lot of, a lot of meat things, right? We haven't really seen a lot of, a, a, a whole lot of the, you know, the gremlin side of things and, and different things. So that that's still to come. Um, so I think that's exciting. Uh, but like I said, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Like, what are you thinking? Absolutely. I, I'm thinking poor fucking gizmo, dude. I mean, like this guy's being like fucked with like consistently for like a hundred years. Um, <laughs> like, cause I mean, this happens in like what the 1920s or something like that. Is yeah, that right? 1920s. Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming this is the same gizmo. This some bitch has been getting fucked with for like a hundred years. So. I'm sorry, Gizmo. I'm so, sorry for your consistent harassment by human race. Um, but outside of that, um, here, here's the deal. I, I, when I started watching it, I wasn't a huge fan of the animation style. Um, it just it just seemed kind of hokey. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I kind of started watching it, and I was like, the animation's bothering me a little bit. But I started watching it more, and, and I kind of, you know, I was like, give the story a chance. So from the story perspective, it's fantastic. Because, like you said, it starts kind of diving into more of the magic side of things. Um, obviously, in the beginning of the first Gremlins movie, we see the um, old old Asian man who owns mm-hmm. like a little shop. So I'm assuming that either the kid in this one is going to be that old Asian man, um, which is my assumption based on the, the context clues or 
perhaps, um, you know, there's some other mysterious things going on. But in any case, you know, it, it kind of sets up the, the story for it to fall through with the first Gremlins movie. Um, like you said, we haven't seen a whole lot outside of the first two episodes because um, there's not really a whole lot of movement. They're trying to make their way back to like the the uh, the Mogwai's homeland. Um, we saw that the uh, they're about to start hatching some gremlins. Right. And mm-hmm. so from what we've seen so far, it's great. I'm actually pretty excited to see the rest of it. Um, I definitely will keep an eye for it and be kind of, you know, very curious to see where this series goes. I'm very curious to see where the series ends, honestly. Um, <clears throat> I want to see if they do tie back into the original. I know that's kind of the plan, but you never know. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see where it goes. But I will be honest, the animation style, there's just something about it that kind of bugs me. I don't know what it is exactly, but, like, it's one of those things where I'm watching it and I'm like, man, there's something that bugs me about this animation. I just cannot put my finger on it. Uh, I don't know if it's like the hair. Cause like the, like the one of the kids yeah. hair, it's a little weird. I, I don't know. It, it, it just bothered me a little bit, but it's not so bad that like I wouldn't watch it. It's just like, it's just enough to be noticeable if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, here's what I think. I don't have a problem with the animation style per se, I think there could have been a better style for this story, right? I think it maybe right. maybe needed a, a little more, a little grittier, right? A little more grit to it, uh, a little bit, maybe just a touch darker. Um, not, you know, not so. I understand you know, it's different, but it, it, you know, just a little bit, right? They, they kind of transition towards that movie better. Um, I too thought the same thing that the the Sam Wing kid. Uh, I, I kind of hope he is the old man in the shop from the first movie. Time wise, it would work okay, right? He's we're in the 20s. He's 10. If that movie is set in 1984, we're talking, you know, 60, 65 years in the future. Uh, that would only put him at, you know, 70 or 75. That's that's that seems right on cue, right, for where it should be. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that's where that's where it will wind up. Is uh, and, and and I hope we see that in the series, right, at the, towards the end, uh, in some capacity, uh, yeah, whatever, whether it's a prologue or just a, a skip forward or something to see him maybe arriving into the you know, into that shop or him in that shop. Perhaps it's the same shop. I don't know. Um, who knows? Whatever it is. Um, I don't, I don't know that in Gremlins, is it, is it really indicated per se where that shop is that the dad visited? Is it in in America somewhere in a Chinatown or is he in another country? I don't think they really hard, hardcore say, do they? I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, even though I just watched the movie, I, I cannot remember, but I thought it was in like a foreign country for some reason. That's the vibe I always got. Be, I, I really did. Um, but uh, but I don't know. So, so um, you know, but either way, I, 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 I feel like that's worth transitioning that the Sam, that's who he'll be. And I hope so, because I really I, I kind of want that link. And um, and I don't know whether they will get us there immediately in this series, because if they they want to do more seasons than one, uh, they don't maybe don't want to close it completely um, or, you know, maybe. Maybe in the next season or two, it'll be a time jump, right? It'll be a little further into the future. There's a lots of things they can do with it. And uh, but again, I but I do I enjoy it. It's it's fun. Um, I, I'm I'm invested enough that I'll I'll see it through. I'll, I'll continue to watch it and and finish it up, and uh, and hope that uh, I hope that it 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 adds to the the Gremlins lore uh, without uh, um, I don't know what's the word I'm trying to say without 
completely trying to override it, make it something totally different, that it links really well to what exists. And I feel like I feel like it will, right? I mean, there's clearly those links in the in the at the beginning of the Gremlins '84 movie, uh, with the the links to the you know with the, the Chinese shop owner and everything else. So it's it's there to, to bridge. So, uh, but it looks fun. And like I said, I, I I do like I like the pacing, right? I like that they're not trying to jump in and just get right to it. That they're they're building, and right. uh, that it feels like they have much more of a let's tell the story over ten episodes, and and uh, and, and, and spread it out, and you know so. Uh, do you, are you gonna you, you gonna see it through, right? You you feel yourself continue to watch it, and see it see it all the way through? Yeah, I think so. I, I, like I said, I like the first two episodes enough that I think that I would see the rest of them through. And I and I do want to note that I agree with what you you commented about the pacing. Um, just for context, the first uh, full episode I'm pretty sure was just backstory on like the Mogwai and the family, yeah. and then the second episode it kind of starts getting more into the action. But even then. You know, it's only kind of like the latter half of the episode, so it's not even like the full episode. So I do like the pacing, like you said. They're not just jumping in, just you know, fucking balls to the walls, just go for it. You know, they're they're taking their time, creating a, you know, creating a universe, if you will. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I'm pretty stoked. I'll, I'll probably see it through as soon as the other episodes come out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. So I, I I recommend anybody that anybody that enjoys the the Gremlins movie. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, and likes animation, doesn't have a problem with it. I know some people really don't like animation. That's, that's right. the thing. I, I do. I love animation. I watch a lot of anime stuff. Uh, but anybody that, that likes animation and likes the Gremlins, I, I would, I would advise them to go out and give it a shot. It's, it's fun so far. And uh, I have a lot of faith that it'll, it'll continue to be so. So, but that's kind of our take on what well, that's all there is really in the, in the Gremlins world, uh, so far. Uh, but we'll see what happens <laughs> so with this, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. If this if this series is su- successful, uh, will there be more seasons? Will there be other animated series? Could it potentially be another movie? Who knows, right? Who knows what what will develop from this um, in the future? Uh, I'm just excited that after all this time, we're we're getting some more Gremlins content out there. It's pretty exciting. So I, I will I, say, I, yeah, I, was, I will say, I thought I heard somewhere that Chris Columbus was developing a. Uh, a third movie. I thought that I had heard that somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, who knows? But who knows how long has he been developing it? <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. Some of these things is <laughs> get hung up. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure if he wants to do it, it'll, it'll happen. I mean, somebody, you know, will, will work with him. There's no, no doubt about it, but so, uh, but it's fun. It, it's good. Uh, again, the, the first movie, I absolutely love the second movie. Not so much. And uh, so far the, uh, the, the animated series is, is fun. And I'm enjoying it so far, and it's a, it's a nice uh, a new approach to the Gremlins world uh, that I am enjoying. So that wraps that wraps up Gremlins. And uh, while we talk to the Gremlins franchise, which is a little briefer, a little shorter, next episode though, we're kicking it up a notch. We're really going all out to one of the, the one of the pillars of horror. We are going to discuss the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. We're going to do a review and ranking in uh, the Listen to the Scream style. We're going to count down. Our favorites of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise from nine to one. Uh, we have already established our rankings. We already know what we're doing and we're ready to roll. And uh, the reason we're doing this now is because we're also going to do a review of Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story. That is a new documentary that is coming out on Screenbox on June 6th, which also happens to be Robert England's birthday. So uh, we were going to be releasing this that episode on June 1st and talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, counting it down. 
and reviewing the documentary. And you guys can all watch that documentary on June 6th on Screenbox. There's another reason to go out and subscribe to Screenbox uh, so that you can watch this. Uh, so, Ike, before we uh, before we get out of here this week and uh, put a wrap on Gremlins and look forward uh, to uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, anything you want to say? Yes, actually, I, I totally forgot to mention this, but I, obviously I, I, I got to just say something because it's awesome. Um, but I want to give a small shout out to um, one of my friends. Uh, actually, me, me and my wife, Kayla, we, we, we met at a movie theater and one of our probably the, I would say one of my best friends from the movie theater. I'm going to say best friend from the movie theater. Um, he was actually my boss. His name's Dane. Um, he bought, he bought one of our shirts and I just yeah. want to give him a shout out. Cause I, you know, I appreciate cool. the, you know, the, the support and I, it's crazy that he's listening, you know, and if you're listening to this, you know, thanks for listening to man. Um, hope you're doing good. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Cause you know, me and my wife met at the movie theater. That's where we started dating. So I, I just, I put a lot of, I, I treasure all my time at the movie theater. So it's cool to see people are still around from that period of my life. <laughs> yeah. And I, hopefully, hopefully that since, you know, you're connected to him and everything else, there will be uh, some pictures once Dane gets his shirt uh, that we can see, see a shirt, you know, out there on social media. That would be great. And everybody else listening should be like Dane and go to our sh- uh, T-shirt store and order a shirt. We have lots to choose from uh, some fun designs out there. Uh, again, there are links in these show notes for this and you can go to our link tree and everything else. Uh, it's pretty easy to find, uh, but find our shirts, buy one, support the, uh, the uh, you know, support the podcast. All horror, all horror fans like shirts, right? I mean, we love yes. horror shirts, so uh, they're out there and they're fun. Like I said, they're fun designs. Uh, so go check them out. Be like Dane. That's a that's gonna be a, that's a new hashtag. That hashtag, is that is a new hashtag. <laughs> hashtag be like Dane. Not not quite the impact. No offense, Dane, but not quite the impact of the old Michael Jordan. Be like Mike, but. And, uh, <laughs> We're not exactly the Chicago Bulls or Nike here, so we're 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 working. Dane, you are our Michael Jordan, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Take no. that for what you are, what you will. But <laughs> but yes, thank you, Dane. Thank you for purchasing a shirt, supporting the show, and uh, you know, hey, thank you for putting up with Ike. I know that that's challenging enough. <laughs> yeah, he had to schedule me and stuff, you know, and he had to <sighs> boss me around and stuff. So I'm, I'm I'm sure that was a that was a strain. Which weirdly enough, that was like ten years ago. Like I started working in the theater ten years ago, so that's that's it's been a crazy decade, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so there you have it. Uh, that's that's Ike's input. Be like get be like Dane. Go buy a shirt right. and uh, everything else. So until next week when we're going to talk Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on social media or follow us on social media. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And until next episode, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe. And have many pleasant nightmares.